Welcome to The Lifeline, a production of Simply DJE Incorporated. The goal of this podcast is to build, inspire, and to empower our audience by speaking life and adding value to their day. We invite you to follow us on Facebook and TikTok, to like us on Instagram and Twitter, and to subscribe to us on YouTube. Now, let's tune in for today's episode. Top of the day, everyone. I trust that you are well. And thank you for joining us for this episode of The Lifeline. I'm your host, Barry J. Elliott, also known as BJE. The purpose of The Lifeline is to speak life, to add value to your day, and to tackle real-life issues with a practical yet spiritual approach. You can visit us at www.simplybje.com and on social media at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. So let's talk. More than ever, we are hearing a lot of conversation about mental health. This conversation has even started taking place in corporations because executives are now realizing and beginning to see the value of having emotionally sound employees. Forward-thinking executives now realize that providing EAP services is good, but it's not enough. Hence, corporations have not only started hiring people who have a high IQ, but they're now also focusing on giving attention to the importance of EQ or emotional intelligence, which is an individual's ability to consider and manage their own emotions while being aware of the emotions of others and showing empathy. Corporations have started measuring the EQ of applicants, potential hires, as well as new hires because they recognize the importance of mental health. And so what's the big deal about this whole mental health conversation anyway? Why is mental health such a big deal now? Why are so many people talking about it? Well, for the next few episodes of The Lifeline, we're going to tackle this issue. Let me give you some statistics about mental health. These are the most recent stats from the CDC regarding suicide. And I'll also post a link in the podcast description so you can see these numbers for yourself. In 2021, over 48,000 people died by suicide. 12.3 million adults seriously thought about it. 3.5 million adults developed a plan to commit suicide. 1.7 million adults actually attempted suicide. Here are some other stats from the American Suicide Prevention Foundation. The age-adjusted suicide rate in 2020 was 13.48 people per every 100,000 individuals. The rate of suicide is highest in men. In 2020, men died by suicide at a rate of 3.88 times more than women. On average, there are 130 suicides per day. In 2020, firearms accounted for over 52% of all suicide deaths. According to Dr. Alex Lickerman, a medical doctor, two of the six leading causes for suicide are depression and feelings of being unheard. So based upon these numbers, a lot of men are depressed. And part of the reason for so many men being depressed is that we are taught, we being men, are not taught to manage our emotions. In fact, it has been said, especially for those of us who are of the Generation X, Baby Boomers, the Silent Generation, and the GI Generations, that men or big boys don't cry. Men or boys are not supposed to cry. And it's usually okay for women to express themselves, but for men, it's a sign of weakness. Typically, the emotional portfolio of a man has been limited to anger, excitement exports, and response to sexual stimulation and gratification. And this philosophy has produced grown men who are emotional midgets. And consequently, it can be difficult for men to manage their emotions. I witnessed this firsthand earlier this month. Several weeks ago, I attended a funeral, and as a man, I was exposed to death at a very young age. 
And as an ordained minister, I have attended dozens, if not hundreds of funerals. So attending a funeral is not abnormal. It was what happened during the funeral that was abnormal. The atmosphere was already tense as some of the family members were at odds with one another. As the eulogist, I was concerned about how I would manage that moment and how receptive they would be and all the other things that people think about when they have to deal with or address an audience that's going through a difficult time. But it turns out that my concerns were unwarranted. I actually never got the opportunity to do the eulogy, and this is what happened. During the funeral, one of the grandsons of the deceased, a grown man, began to sob quietly at first and then loudly. And this is a good thing, because grief is necessary and grief is healthy. But then he began shouting expletives, to be specific, the F word. And when family members tried to console him and take him out of the room, his grief escalated to the point of rage and he ended up crashing into a window and cutting himself. And of course, the funeral was cut short and family and friends had to evacuate the funeral home. And as we exited the funeral home, I noticed emotions ranging from disbelief to anger to despair. And after the day was over and I considered what happened, my question to God was, what am I supposed to learn from this? If I can be honest, what I really said was, what am I supposed to learn from this fertilizer? Because at the moment, I was annoyed. All I could think about were the children who never got the chance to finalize their father's service and have that closure that is necessary. And I could only think about how the, the legacy of the deceased was dishonored. But after I allowed myself to feel the full range of these emotions, I prayed again, Lord, what am I supposed to learn from this? And as the evening went on, two things occurred to me. The first thing occurred to me was this. It occurred to me that some people do not know how to exist outside of chaos, so they create it. And the truth is that they don't even realize it in a lot of cases. And this can be applied to a number of different scenarios. But here's one that's pretty simple. There are some people that lack the emotional maturity to resolve problems in a rational conversation. So they revert to starting an argument to express themselves because that's all they know. Then the second thing that occurred to me from that experience was that there are a lot of men who lack the emotional bandwidth to express themselves in an emotionally healthy, let alone emotionally intelligent way. Part of our lack of emotional intelligence as men is societal, and the other part is systemic. I'll deal with the systemic aspect of it during a later podcast, but today I want to focus on the more societal or social elements. I referenced earlier how men are not always given the allowance or the opportunity to express themselves outside of the context of anger, sports, or sex. But here's another aspect. Our culture is in such a hurry that we often don't stay still long enough to be present for one another. We don't give people the space to deal with their feelings. And here's a very simple example. In ancient times, people spent up to 40 days grieving someone's death. Now our jobs may give us two to three days for bereavement, but that's it. And so it's almost this get over it concept. And when I was in seminary, one of my professors said something very important, and it still lingers with me to this day. He said, we're in a grieving society. In short, our culture is filled with hurting, mentally exasperated, and emotionally wounded people who are looking for answers, hope, and relief. Now, let me be clear. I am not a psychologist, and I am not a psychiatrist. I do have a degree in pastoral care and counseling, but I'm not an expert. I simply want to share this as a man who has battled with depression for years and considered suicide on several occasions as a younger man. Now, I received Jesus as my Savior and Lord before I was 10 years old. 
Yet I struggled with depression throughout my teenage years and for much of my young adult years. So having faith does not make you immune to emotional trauma or having emotional problems. Check it. The thought of going to the cross stressed Jesus out to the point that the Bible says his sweat became like blood. To add insult to injury, his inner circle was emotionally absent. They literally fell asleep on him in the moment that he needed them the most. So being in a low place or being in a low place emotionally does not mean that you don't have faith. It simply means that you are human and you need support and that's normal. And I think this is part of the conversation of mental health that we need to normalize. We don't need to separate mental health and faith. It's not either or, it's both and. And so if Jesus had low moments, it's highly probable that you and I will have them too. And that's okay. But it's important that we develop the emotional bandwidth and the strategy to navigate through and not get stuck in our emotional ruts. And so I want to offer you four suggestions as it relates to that navigating low moments. And those four suggestions are to cultivate, to commit, to connect, and to consider. To cultivate, to commit, to connect, and to consider. The first thing I want to encourage you to do is to cultivate or develop a consistent habit of spending quiet time daily, meditating, praying, and reading the scripture. Quiet time is beneficial, and I believe that one of the problems in our society is that we have such a hyper pace and such a rapid pace that we fail to take moments of solitude and silence seriously. And so we're always rushing, we're always moving, and so we don't know the benefit of being still and being quiet. And so I want to encourage you to cultivate or develop a consistent habit of spending time daily being quiet, meditating, praying, and reading scripture. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to commit to self-awareness. Commit to self-awareness. Learn you. Identify what makes you tick. Learn what makes you happy. Learn what makes you sad. Learn what makes you angry. You spent so much time learning other people and being there for everybody else. Have you learned to be present for yourself? Take an opportunity to rediscover you. You know what I've discovered in my old age? I've discovered that it's possible to spend so much time living up to the expectations of others and being who other people expect you to be and doing what they expect you to do that you can lose or forget or not even know yourself. And so today I want to encourage you to commit to self-awareness. So remember first, we want to cultivate or develop a consistent habit of spending quiet time daily, meditating, praying, and reading the scripture. Then secondly, we want to commit to self-awareness. Then thirdly, we want to connect with people who can provide emotional support and genuinely care about you and have enough emotional intelligence to listen to you when you need to talk and the spiritual aptitude to pray for you when you need it. There are times when you need people just to be an ear. And so you need people in your space that know enough and that have enough sense and emotional intelligence to know when you just need somebody to listen. You don't need their opinion. You don't need their voice. You don't need their ear. Now, there may be time when you need them to share some things with you, and that's okay. But you need people who know when you just need an ear. But in that same circle of people, you need people who at the drop of a hat, you can call them and say, I need you to pray for me. And so it's important for you to have a community. You need people to connect with. Community matters. You need a support system. One wise person once said, no man is an island. So again, you must cultivate a consistent habit of spending time daily, quiet time daily, meditating, praying, reading the scripture. Secondly, you must commit to self-awareness. Learn you. 
Thirdly, connect with people who can provide an emotional support system and genuinely care about you. Then fourthly, consider professional help. That could be a psychiatrist, that could be a psychologist, that could be a certified grief counselor. Now, let me be transparent again with you. I'm an ordained minister and have been for over 20 years. However, I have a therapist and I'm unashamed of it. And I want to encourage you, don't let anybody tell you that therapist is for crazy people or that therapists are for rich people or the therapists are for white people. No, therapists are for people that are emotionally aware enough to know that they need support. They need another layer or another level of support. Now, I cannot tell you how to live your life. I simply offer you these suggestions. For years, I suffered in silence because I did not really understand the importance of mental health. And it was not something that I heard a lot about. However, at this age, I take my mental health very seriously and I encourage you to do the same. I was sharing with someone not long ago that I was in my mid-40s when I started therapy. That was three years ago. And I wish that I had done it sooner, but I'm glad I'm in it now. And so again, I want to encourage you to take your mental health seriously. I encourage you to value your mental health enough to make the necessary investments. Cultivate, commit, connect, and consider. Your mental health is critical and it's important and so are you. God wants you to be healthy spiritually, physically, and mentally. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this moment and this opportunity to pray with my brothers and sisters. Lord, I recognize that many people are going through a plethora of things. They're going through things mentally, financially, physically, relationally, and all of these things are affecting them emotionally and mentally. And Father, I thank you that you are the God who is our peace. You are Jehovah Shalom, the God who grants peace. And so, Father, in this moment, for those that are listening, I pray that your peace would cover them. I pray that your peace would sustain them. I pray that your peace would fill them. I pray, God, that your peace would be a blanket around them. I pray, Father, that in this moment, that whatever has been burdening them down, whatever has been consuming their thoughts, that it would be arrested by the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I pray, Father, that you would heal them emotionally. I pray that you would heal them mentally. Father, you know the deep secrets and the things that lie in the deep recesses of their hearts and their minds, and they are only places that you can touch. And so, Father, I pray in this moment that you would touch those places. I pray, God, that you would mend their broken hearts. I pray that you would heal their wounds. And Father, I pray that in this season of their life that they would come into a greater level of self-awareness, that they would discover who they are in you, that they would discover what you have created them to do and what they have been created to be. And I pray, Father, that they would cultivate the habit of spending quiet time with you, spending quiet time meditating and quiet time in the scripture. And as they do, I pray that you would make yourself known to them in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then, Father, I pray that you would help them to connect with people who are healthy for them. Help them to connect with people who will do them no harm, but who will add value to their life and who will see the value of their life and who are willing to make the investment, the emotional investment into their well-being. I pray, God, that you surround them with people who will be a help and not a hindrance. 
people who will love them and not be leeches. And Father, if necessary, give them to the courage to consider professional help. I don't know where they are mentally or emotionally, but I pray, Father, that they would have the emotional and the self-awareness to identify that and be able to identify and discover and admit if they really need professional help. And if they do, I pray that you would lead them and guide them to the right professional source so that they can be whole. And Father, I pray that they would be encouraged knowing that their life has meaning and their life has worth and that they are worth the investment in their mental health. I bless you, I glorify you, and I honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, thank you for joining us for this episode of The Lifeline. Don't forget to check us out at www.simplybje.com and on our social media sites. God bless you. Have an incredible day. And remember, your mental health is a big deal. Thank you for tuning into The Lifeline podcast. And it is our hope that we added life and value to your day. God bless.